Welcome into another episode of One Groove Low from the Unknown Golf Studios and Offices. No J-Dub today. As they would say in the business, he's designated on assignment, D-May. Yeah, yeah. He uh, is temporarily out. So probably playing golf, but we won't get into that, nor are we checking Unknown Golf to see where he is in his round. We could, though. If it was in Unknown Golf, we could check it right now and see what hole, what course, in what state he was on. We actually have a special guest today who who came to learn more about Unknown Golf, and we're really privileged to hang out with Mark Loomis, longtime television producer of sports, everywhere from ESPN to the NFL Network, Major League Baseball Network, most recently with the Golf Channel. Mark, it's great to have you back in Northwest Arkansas, where I understand you haven't been since 2013-ish when you produced a college football game the Razorbacks were playing it. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think uh, it could have been a basketball game uh, as well, but I, it's been about 10 years, and it's uh, things have really grown here since there certainly wasn't a top golf in the area when I was here last, and the <laughs> golf wasn't a thing. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to be back, and I, it, it, I uh, very appropriate I find myself here because uh, I always followed the – Hit it thin to win uh, theory on the golf course. So I uh, I was a one one uh, groove low guy myself. Yeah, D, D May came up with that because he says that's where he, it's he, the most worn spot on my golf clubs. I'm I'm go. just looking to hit any of the grooves normally. That's yeah, that when yeah. I play. But Mark played at, at Vanderbilt. He he went to Vanderbilt. In fact, he's he's headed back there soon for a reunion and a homecoming of sorts and his son plays at Vanderbilt, right? Yeah, it's great. Uh it's fun to go back. Uh they are currently probably the best team in the country. We were definitely one of the worst teams in the country at the time. So it's good to see <laughs> that the uh, program has grown since I was there. Well, you certainly under understand the SEC which which we do here, but this this podcast is about everyday golfers talking about everyday golf stuff and uh, we can't wait to get into to some of your stories, I know D May used a lot of it up on the driving range at lunch. I kept telling him not to do that. You save it for the golf course. <laughs> well, I, I do. There's one question that I haven't resolved yet. Um, if we were to go to the course this afternoon, Mark, which it's a little cool outside, so I don't think we're going to play, how many strokes would I get? Well, I mean, I guess. Uh, well, you're you're the guy who kind of sets the strokes, so I think I'd probably be fighting. But I, you know, I'm, I'm probably about two or three. What do you? What do I see? You're a seven-ish. Oh no, I think that's probably a lot higher. Yeah, now that you He's, said that, you're like a three. Yeah, I'm like a, I'm going to be probably a. 12. Also, we'd be playing at his home course, which you got to shave yeah, some off for that. Yeah, I saw what ha- can help? happen on the last hole. Your ball can roll off even if you hit the middle of the green. So yeah, I think I might I might ask for a, a reduction of shots. Need a, yeah, you need a little break on that one. A little adjustment, yeah. I noticed the unknown golf. I noticed you can adjust the handicaps. So I think that would uh, definitely come in play. Yeah, we want you, you can only adjust them if you know how to and yeah. if you're the controller of it. I, I, I noticed you were. Yeah, you you would be the one who have to do that. So I would have to do the negotiating would be, be a as always. I think negotiating. Forget the actual playing of golf. Negotiating is is most of the battle when you're playing uh, with, with with shots. So if you were playing with your son today, would either of you get shots? If uh, well, yeah, you know, I don't if you were really playing each it, other. Yeah, I don't really ask for shots. I just go up a tee box. I think I'm just a little too proud to take shots. However, um, I'm going to lose, but I, I would rather lose with dignity than than win uh, getting a, a few shots because he he never let me hear enough. Well, if we play, 
I will take the shots. I have no dignity. I I I don't mind the shots from other people, but taking shots from your son at this it's it's hard. It's hard. So I, I've heard several people talk about this. I'm curious. Do you remember the first day he he beat you? You know, I, I bet he does. I don't remember it as much um, from. I don't remember a specific day. I you know I think for me I. I I wanted him to be good, you know. I wanted him so much, like so. I was rooting for him to beat me. So I, I probably made it up that he beat me before. Maybe he did beat me because, because I, 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 you know, you just want him to do well. Um, and so I don't remember the day. It'd be interesting to, to know if he remembered the day. But it's about a thousand rounds ago since he's he's been beating me soundly since then. So he may have forgotten by now. Such a great game for for kids to be able to play with their their parents uh, the, so fortunate that you guys have that you know nice. I, when i was growing up my dad had, my dad played tennis in college and he was he's a good tennis player but he had kind of transitioned to golf and um we played so many we spent so much more time together because we played golf um just you know nine holes six holes whatever what he'd get done with work he'd go hit balls uh, and he'd play six holes and I would go play six holes with him. And, and so to have that with him and then to be able to transfer it to me with my son, has been amazing. Uh, you know, the, I can't, I can't think of the, you know, driving to tournaments and I, I still caddy for him sometimes. Like I, the amount of time we get to spend together is amazing. And I don't think you could ever really just say, Hey, you want to go hang out for four hours with your son? He'd be like, no, no chance. But if you're playing golf, all of a sudden that's what you're doing. You've had some amazing experiences and, and stories to to share. We want to hear some of today, including some of the best shots you've you've seen. Um, producing golf, take us behind the scenes a little bit in, into what it looks like to produce a live broadcast. Not necessarily the day of the event, although that's interesting. But just you're there days in advance. You're spending time around around some of the professional golfers on the PGA Tour. What does it look like to to produce something we all watch on television? Well, I think the most important thing for for producing golf on TV is you have to understand the golf course, what's important about the golf course, how they'll play the golf course, and that allows you to set up the golf course appropriately. I mean, you could yeah. The the first thing obviously is you just put a, a camera behind every green. Um, and, and, you know, you, you'll get a lot of the shots into the green, but you got to figure out where they're going to drive it. Are they going to drive it? Uh, uh, what's been amazing is the transformation over the years as to how the golfers play. You know, there, there used to be, well, well, they'll lay up to here and then they'll go for it. Well, now it's, everybody's trying to hit driver on every hole. So you're trying to figure out where the heck you're going to put a camera to catch the drives that are flying over trees and flying over corners. And that's actually how we got the tracer initially was it was originally a replay tool, but then there would be holes where you had a hard time following the ball. And I, I, I'll never forget. I asked the question at ESPN. They had, they had hired somebody who used to work at NASA. I said, could we ever do this live? Because on this hole, it was a hole at the British open at um, St. George's. Last time we were here, we couldn't we couldn't follow the ball. We didn't know if they were going over. I remember John Daly hitting it over a hill. I remember somebody else laying up over here. No way to know where to go. Can we ever use the tracer live? And that will allow us to follow the ball in real time. And if we get the ball in the air coming at us, it's not as big a deal because at least we know it went left or it went over the hill or whatever. And so, the, so th that's how golf 
it's amazing the change of what's happened to golf. But but the the the, the getting ready and trying to get set up for these events is basically just understanding the golf course and knowing how to play it, how they're going to play it, and then putting your cameras in the right place. What's the biggest difference between professionals that play at that level and the golf that you've been playing your entire life is basically a scratch golfer? Oh, yeah, the talent. The talent is, the, the, the level is, I mean, it's it's like, I, I would say if I'm a, whatever my handy, I'm a low handicap golfer and you're a, somebody else is a 15 handicap golfer, you're a heck of a lot closer to me in level than I am to a professional, you know, to a tour player. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, the best tour players, you could put them at a plus 10 and you could, you'd never beat them. Right? I mean, they're, they're, you might beat them once, but they're going to get you um, because they just, you know, they go out to your local course and, and you're like, oh, I shot 71 yesterday. I mean, they could, they might shoot 58. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they, you have no idea what they're going right. to shoot. And so um, it's just the consistency. Um, they don't hit, they, when they hit, they hit a bad shot every once in a while, but their bad shots aren't anywhere near your bad shots. And then they, if they do hit a bad shot, they figure out a way to make par. So they're the, just the overall level. And they're, I would say the ones at the top, they always have something, you know, they have a weapon. So even you know I, you look at a Rory's the driver, you look at uh, you know Tiger was 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 the greatest because he he had a bunch of weapons he had length he had he was the best iron player he was the best putter he had everything, but like I played a lot of golf when I worked at Fox, we had um, Brad Faxon uh, work for us and just to see the level of putting, you know he you don't have to hit it that well if you can make every ten footer so I mean it it's just they they are great at a lot of things and they just don't hit bad shots. And when they do, they figure out how to make par. One more question for me before D-May gets into storytelling mode with you, which are fascinating and I can't wait to hear. Because you're such a well-respected producer when it comes to, to sports on television and you've you've seen so many professional sports live and you've prepared for them and you, you know the athletes – how do you describe the difference in golf with the other sports, you know, baseball, football? Um, and one of the reasons I ask is because we all can go out and play the same golf course. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're Tiger or me. But there's such a difference. And there's also just a, I feel like it's a different mentality. It, it, it the, the Yeah, you fail in baseball when you strike out, but it, it's just different. There's so much riding on all these shots and all this pressure and I just wonder if, if, if what it's like from your perspective, having seen it up close like that. Well, I mean, I think first of all, it's it's a, such a solo pursuit, right? I mean, you know, they have these guys have these teams, but they're you can be the best player in the world, you can be the best baseball player in the world, you can be the best football player in the world. You've signed your contract, you're 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 off you go, right? And and you can be you can not be have a great game, but your team can play well. Um, golf, you're just you're out there on your own. Uh, and so I think I think just the I I, I will say this I I uh, at the Open Championship uh, a year and a half ago at at St Andrews I, I went out I usually was I, uh, forever I've produced the events I've always sitting in the tr- truck just watching it on TV like you like yeah. you and everybody else I just had a few more <laughs> monitors in front of me but I, when I was at the Open Championship a year ago 
I was uh, um, uh, overseeing production for Golf Channel, and I got a chance to get out of the truck, and I walked out to the ninth green, and I watched Rory McIlroy come up. I'm a, a big Rory McIlroy fan, and, and I watched him play nine, I watched him play 10, and I watched him play 11. And in the quiet moments when he wasn't hitting golf shots, to hear the the crowds yelling, come on, Rory, you know, come on, you can do this, Rory, just it was inspiring if you're Rory McIlroy. But I thought, to me, it was such a daunting, like like these people are counting on me, and I can inter- I'm can i interacting with them too. I'm so close mm. to them. It's so quiet. I can hear everything they say. And I just it kind of blew me away. I was just like, wow, what a what a what a an unbelievable, I don't want to call it burden, but it was just an to me, it was an amazing experience to realize how much pressure goes on. And you don't necessarily see that on TV because you know we're we're off covering some other, somebody else. You don't you don't get the the quiet moment and and just the pressure he was under. And you know, I was I certainly was rooting for him. I think the whole I think most people were rooting for nothing against Camp Smith, but I think Rory winning it at St. Andrews was going to be such a great moment for golf. And it just, it, it, it was just, it was a lot. There is a lot to be said about that. There's so many different things. And I think that was a great question, Bo, talking about the, the difference in, in talent. So I recently had a chance to go uh, be part of a uh, Middle Atlantic PGA event in Virginia. So there was a bunch of their club professionals from in that section that were there at this event. We were running some some special contests and things there. And I met a gentleman by the name of Dick Mast. Now he uh, he was playing with his son Jacob. Um, his his son is the head pro at, at their club, and Dick is the teaching pro there. And at seventy two years of age, he still continues to try one or two qualifiers a year on the senior tour. He's made, I think, he's played in 360 events his professional career on the PGA Tour, the senior PGA Tour. He's made, he's made the cut in almost half of them, right at half. But I heard this story, and I, this is where I'm going with like the talent. So in September of this year, Dick decided to go try to qualify for a tournament. His... He had recently sharpened his grooves a little bit from his 10, 11, 12-year-old irons. And as he got ready to play the qualifier, he said, hey, does anybody have a tool to measure or whatever? If you can tell me because I did this, I want to make sure that my irons conform. And they said, well, we don't have anything, but if you've touched them, they probably don't conform. So he rented six iron through pitching wedge from the pro shop, shot 66 and qualified. (laughs) I told him, I said, now that you're a legend. Like, and I'm sure there's so many great stories. We hear stories about somebody had to use a set to qualify or play around or whatever. But I just thought 72 years of age and you rent six iron through pitching wedge and shoot 66 and qualify for this thing. Um, I, I, I will butcher all the stories that I heard about, you know, he's, he's said, I think there's at least one time he set a course record in the last couple of years in a qualifier or whatever. Amazing gentleman. Yeah. 
great visit. Do you, I'm sure you know. I haven't. I certainly know who he is. I haven't run across him. But I mean, there's so there are all those. I, I played with uh, Brett Quigley. Uh, he he worked at Fox too, and he we played for the year leading up to when he was going on the Champions Tour. And the last three times I played with him before he went on to the PGA Tour Champions, he shot sixty four. Uh, and then <laughs> and 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 I was like, you know, now he did. He won. He had never won on the PGA Tour in the second event um, on the Champs Tour. He he won, but uh, and he and he didn't make it through. He didn't make it through tour school. He actually just got in from from career uh, earnings. And then he won, and he, he's he's won this year, and he's he's doing great. But just there's so many people like that out there, you know, so many great players out there, and they just keep coming. If you th- I, a friend of mine kind of put it in perspective one time, basically five people. Uh, if you're 23 years old, there would be probably be five 23 year olds who are still playing on the PGA Tour when they're 30. So when you're when you're thinking about trying to get you know be one of the best, you have to be one of five 23 year olds in the world to make it on the PGA Tour. That's that, and, and that's how kind of daunting it is that that task is. And 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 you know most of the time, those kids are identified by their time they're 12 years old. They're, they're that good at that age. It's amazing. We'll save it for another time. But digging in on Q school, like I saw some news the other day about you know former college guys that had made it through the first stage of Q school, you know, whatever school you got, you know, those schools are saying, Hey, we're Arkansas Razorbacks. We had these former guys, Vanderbilt Commodores. We had these former guys. There's like five stages. Like, yeah, we went like five. To, and, and the level is not that, you know, it's pretty much just right there. And you're, and you're having to go through that just to get to the point where you can play on the PGA tour just gives you an idea of the level of, it's so skill. hard. It's so. I mean, people. That's when they lose their card. It is such a it's such a down moment because it's so hard to get there. You know, it's not like oh, I'll just go back and get it again. No, it, it's it's you know, you know, it's not easy to keep your card, but it's probably harder to get your card. It's 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 yeah. so hard. And it, but probably easier, yeah, to keep to keep it. Yeah. Um, and it gives you a reason to play for things other than just wins, right? To just keep that that money level up uh, to, to keep your card. Give us a couple of uh, just with your experiences. You were, you were telling us a little bit earlier uh, before we started a couple of the best shots that you've seen hit in your life. And, and they were at big moments, big events. Yeah. Big moments for sure. You know, I, I, uh, I was lucky when I was in, uh, I was about, I think it was 17 years. Yeah. I was 17 years old. And the, the U S open was being played at Wingfoot, And I had, I, I, I was, I had just won the junior championship there or something. Somebody said to me, hey, uh, would you like to be the st- standard bearer in the last group of the U.S. Open? And I was like, is this a joke? Yeah, of course I'd like to do that. And, and, and they said, yeah, you can you can do it. So I showed up. Laughed, sure <laughs> How enough, does that happen? It was just the, the, the person who was running <laughs> it just happened to be like friends with my parents or something like that. Just I just like the subtle drop of I won the junior championship. It there. wasn't just subtle. A, uh, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have. A, just a D-man three hole-in-ones. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was very proud of that. I was like, just a little drop, a little way. To, oh, well, you taught me that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Wait, was that my three hole ones? I, I taught, taught you that, that over lunch, lunch yeah, like how to, find, how to lunch. find how those to, moments. How to get the little moments in. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So anyway, so I got, so anyway, I got out there and uh, Fuzzy Zeller is playing in the last group with Hale Irwin. And on the 16th hole, he's, it's coming down, Greg Norman's uh, in front of him. And doing some incredible things that 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 um, he's getting up and down from here. He's he's making fifteen footers for par. 
he made that crazy putt across the green on 18 at Wingfoot that's famous for fuzzy waving the white towel. But but the best shot I, I saw forever was fuzzy on the 16th hole caught a caught a branch going around the corner. It's a long it's a par five for the members, but a par four in the U.S. Open, and it kicked backwards, and he had to go around a corner. And it was probably a one iron. It's probably about 220 yards back then. That was a one iron. It's probably a six iron now for these guys. But <laughs> but uh, it was the most amazing shot I've ever seen. It hugged the trees for 200 yards in the air and went about 20 feet. And to think that you could pull that off at that moment, you know, you, I could see somebody hitting that shot on a Saturday afternoon, playing with their buddies. But to pull that shot off at that moment, I had never seen a that level of golf shot before in my life. As much as I had been around it. And to me, that was the best golf shot I'd ever seen until um, I was I was at uh, Milwaukee. Uh, happened to work for, I was working for ABC when Tiger turned pro, and I was my task was to follow Tiger Woods with two cameras for the week, um, and we had a camera on the tee and a camera on the green. And when Tiger had his hole in one um, it, at Milwaukee, I was standing on the tee. And I just, I'll never forget it. I can, I can still picture when I close my eyes. First of all, you'd, nobody had ever seen anybody hit a ball that hard and that solidly before. He had so much speed. But just to see the six iron go up in the air like a, you know, like a, a wedge was so high and just to kind of majestically kind of fall and roll towards the hole and just to see the reaction of the crowd um, that, that, I guess that topped fuzzy shot for me, but but uh, it was an amazing moment, an amazing thing to have been able to watch. That had to be incredible. I can't even imagine the environment. Um, hole in one, hole in one, Tiger first professional tournament. I mean, talk yeah, about and, and, and that's one of those things too. Like the fuzzy shot's awesome, but the Tiger one that just gets better. Like that that gets better with age. Like it's like fine, fine wine. wine. Yeah, you I know mean, what's funny is that that whole so one gets forgotten about because of the one he made at Phoenix and everybody went nuts and maybe that was the start of the craziness at, at you know or, or the, the 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 stamping point for the craziness at Phoenix, but to have a hole in one in your first event um, after you've come out and and done you know done what he did as an amateur they made such a big deal of it and for him to do that in the first event was was amazing. So I want to. Um, ask you now we've talked about best shots uh, you've had a tremendous career across different sports so I want to ask you what is your favorite most memorable event you've ever covered period no no sport limitation okay. and then your favorite uh, event you've covered golf related so the two events that always stuck out for me were the Open Championship, the British Open, as people know it. And I, I was fortunate enough to work at ABC at a time um, where we had a ton of college football. And we, uh, I, I had the great fortune of being paired with Keith Jackson when I was still young. I, had, I, was, I, was, I think I had been producing for maybe two years. And he had gone from being the national broadcaster of you know, the big game every week to, to just staying on the West Coast. And I don't know, maybe because they thought I was the only one who could fly across the country every week and not uh, and, and 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 survive because I was the youngest one. Uh, they they put me with him, a legend, uh, and it was the greatest experience that you know I, I've ever had in TV to be out there for. I, I did about six or seven years with him, but we we had the 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 last event, the last game that Keith ever called 
um, was the USC Texas game, uh, the Rose Bowl, and we had done a million. We had been doing Pac-10 uh, Pac games or Pac-12 games, so so we had been doing USC games all that time, and it was such an amazing time. You, Reggie Bush and Leinert and Snoop Dogg's at the you know he's he's on the field, and it was in a crazy environment. But we had kind of gotten so close with the USC group, we didn't know as much about Texas. We tried, you know, we went out and we we met with them, and Vince Young blows you away when you see him in person for the first time. But to be part of that moment and that telecast and you know, with Vince Young, I always think of him with his back turned and the confetti. And our, our director at the time, Derek Mobley, did such a great job documenting that whole scene. But but that that event, because it had so much hype, and then it lived up to it, was was a, just an amazing experience. Then on the golf side, an equally you know similar event, you know, an equally great moment almost was Tom Watson um, at Turnberry um, to, to, to be there for that. Amazing. He was supposed to, he was supposed to work for us that he actually came to our production meeting on Wednesday. He was supposed <laughs> to work for, work with us that week. <laughs> there was different plans. Yeah, exactly. That's and, incredible. Yeah. And he, he, after the meeting, he said, when do you need me on Saturday? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, when you get done on Friday, I'll come find you and we'll just figure out what the Saturday schedule is. And um, I, I never forget. I met him on the. I met him about 20 minutes after he finished on Friday. And I said, Tom, don't worry about us. You just keep doing what you're doing. And you're, you're doing way more for the telecast, playing golf than you could ever do behind the mic. Uh, and he said, You got it. And um, to watch that and be to, to kind of see that unfold was incredible. I've never. I don't like when you're doing the event. You're so busy mm -hmm. and you get so much in your mind. You don't really get nervous, so you don't really. You, you kind of lose yourself in the moment. Um, I actually remember being nervous on that when he was walking up 18th. I remember standing up. I actually said it out loud. I said, "Everybody, pay attention here. You, you're not going to get many moments like this in your TV career." And to to have it not happen was such a bummer. But what did happen was still such a magical weekend. It was, it was, it was such a, you know, it was, it didn't have the last cherry on top, but what, mm. a, what a weekend. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that. It makes me think so many times we, you know, lose a moment because it didn't have the finish that, but it didn't take away from the moment or the possibility. No, and that's incredible. why we watch sports. That's right. And, and we shouldn't be let down by the fact that, Oh, well, he didn't finish it off or he didn't have this, he made something possible for somebody to see and believe out there. Uh, I think and it was so incredible cool. that he was apologizing for not, you know, for, uh, I'm not sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it this weekend for production. At, yeah, uh, I mean, it was on the telecast. The whole thing was, it was surreal. In fact, actually, what's funny about that is the next year, Darren Clark was supposed to work for us and he called, uh, his agent called me on Wednesday and said, Darren's playing really well. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to work this week. And then he won uh, the open. Uh, and so I, and I, the worst thing I ever did, the that's fact that I didn't put a bet on Darren Clark that week still bothers me. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, but, that's yeah. hilarious. That's I love it. That's great. Okay. So amazing career, amazing shots, amazing events that you've been able to be a part of. I want to shift it a little bit. You're a pretty accomplished golfer. Yeah. We haven't got to size each other up on the golf yep. course yet with Someday. my, with my pocket full of strokes. But best shot you have ever hit personally. We've heard the ones that you have witnessed. I want to hear about yours. 
You know, I, I, I think there, there's some, some best shots. In it. I, I think memorable is, is probably easier because cause I, I mm. do remember. That's right. You know, I do remember. Well, I'll tell you, one I remember the most from, from when I was a kid was I was playing in a Met father-son uh, with my dad, and we had tied for first, and we, 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 were in a, we had a playoff with another team. And I, I remember hitting a, a shot on, on one hole that was the most solid shot uh, I had a two iron onto a part four and it was the most solid shot. It was so solid. It was surprised. Like it surprised me. I, rem- I remember being like taken back. <laughs> I feel that away all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. Like, that almost felt like it was on the center. Right? Yeah. I just remember being <laughs> kind of taken back. It was one, it wasn't one groove low f- finally. Uh, and uh, it went about 60. By the way, whenever you hit a good shot, it, it the putt has to go in too, right? That's right. right? If you Doesn't hit it five matter. feet, then you forget and miss. Mm. You forget. Um, so I will, I'll never forget that shot. And it was a, it was a great shot because we, we ended up winning the tournament and you know, you, anything father son related, as we've talked about is, is great. So that, so I remember that for sure. And then the, the, the another shot that I, I, about 10 years ago, I had a double Eagle, my only double time I ever did. And it was, it was kind of funny. I, I hit in the rough on a hole and I was playing in a better ball event with some other guys and I hit in the rough and I couldn't really get it out very well. I couldn't get it but I hit a five wood that kind of popped up in the air and then it rolled and it must've rolled. It was a little downhill. There's a little, anyway, it must've rolled a hundred yards with that said, <laughs> by the time it finished rolling, no one was watching except for me and everyone else was going about their business. And I was pretty sure it had gone in, but it was just <laughs> over a ridge and I wasn't positive. So now do you celebrate? And then you get up there and it's not in. You kind of, so I just kind of said, I was like, I think that went in. And, and uh, my partner's like, you do? And I said, y- yeah, I do. And the caddy goes, no, it didn't go in. It went over the green. And I was like, huh, could have sworn that one in. Anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, about five minutes later, by the time we got off the green, my caddy had gone and gotten my wedge and the whole thing. Everyone else was kind of walking around. And I walked directly to the hole, and there was my ball at the bottom of the cup. So it, that, to me, was probably uh, – that was an I- awesome moment but it took about five minutes to play out. Yeah. Well, That's I was just thinking, amazing. like, I bu- I think it's at least better that the caddy said, I think it went over. Yeah. Versus the, uh, he yeah. says, I think it went in, and you spend five minutes feeling like this incredible sense right. of euphoria that yeah. it went in yep. to find out it went over. So yeah. at least mm-hmm. it went in your brain. It's an experienced caddy. Yeah. That's right. Exactly That's right. right. No, Very was, good. That's right. Manage good, expectations. Good job. Yeah. Ma- it, you know, what, what do we always say? Lower your expectations. If you're having a tough time playing golf, Lower your expectations. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. And then do it again. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And continue to enjoy yourself. Okay. So that's the best shot or shots you hit. Tell me about the best round you have played. It doesn't, and it can be inclusive of the lowest score you've ever shot, or maybe it's not. And if it's not, I want to know what your best round ever is. Huh. That's interesting. You know, it's funny. I don't, I never think of these. I never sit around and think about what my best round was. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I particularly like to remind you if we're playing for money and you're having a good round that you could be in the middle of your best round ever right now to see if that rattles you. Yeah. I I, actually, I play, it's funny. I played, (laughs) I played a few years ago in mind game with somebody and somebody asked me, he said, boy, you're playing well today. What's your best score in this course? And I'm like, this right now uh and uh, and I, I but he fortunately didn't ask me to the last hole so so it was funny but but i <laughs> i uh i think the best my my to me the best round was a couple of years ago i was playing in, again here we go another father son 
Uh, my son and I, we, we won a tournament. We won a, a, a father-son event. We won both gross and net. We shot 64 gross and 64 net, uh, and it won both gross and net. And, and that round of golf, uh, that's about as, as well as I've played in a, a long time. Uh, and so that, to me, that was the one. I, if you ask me, I'm sure there was other ones when I was younger, but to me, that's the one that, that, that stands out as, as the best round. What's your lowest round you can recall that you've ever shot? Uh, 60, I think 67. I don't think I ever really got below 67. I, a, a bunch in the 60s for sure, but but I never really – I was not a 64 shooter. Yeah, you, you never hit that mark? I just never – I just never – I think I, I think I started thinking about it. I played hard golf courses for a long time, um, and I just I just never – and, you know, and then you start working, and then th- those all go away. But when I was when I was younger, I you know, I, I you can shoot in the 60s, but – Getting down to like sixty four is is that's that was above my skill level. It is incredible. Um, you know, I've I've uh, witnessed some really low rounds from people. I've actually witnessed one time around in the fifties, and and it wasn't a professional event. It was somebody who had been playing in some of the mini tours and 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 still struggled to make, you know, to make it to the level. Never quite. Uh, was able to make it to the PGA Tour, although they had, you know, an incredibly gifted game. Very great player, still is to this day. Uh, it's just amazing that level when you talk about that. You know, um, you could call them a plus ten, and it, and it wouldn't be high enough for these. Yeah, players. you just you you basically don't you don't miss a shot, and you make all the putts. I mean, yeah. it's just it, you know, it's amazing. You see somebody rattle off ten birdies. Or, or whatever that whatever that number is, um, it, it, you just it's an everything is so good. Every drive's good. Every second shot's good. Putts obviously go in, but everything has to be going. What's your favorite golf course? I'm lucky, you know. I grew up when we talked about it. We grew up, I grew up at Wingfoot. That is that is one of my that 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 to me is probably um, if I had to pick a course, that's that's the course because I have so many memories there, and we, you know, I. I have so many friends and so many great times there. Um, I I got the chance to go back to St. Andrews last week. Um, my son was playing in a tournament there, and um, uh, to me, that's as good as it gets. Uh, you know, it it it's there's nothing that sticks out about it. You, you know, if it was built a uh, hundred years ago instead of five hundred, whatever, it, it you might not really get how good it is, but I think when you realize how differently it can play just depending on the wind and all the different challenges it it gives you and there's drivable par 4s and there's there's only two par 3s there's only two par 5s but there's so many different ways that golf course can play i don't think you'd ever get tired of playing there and then you know you walk off the 18th green and there's quarter you know half a block down the street is is a bar to 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 have a you know you have a beer in and and it's just such a you're playing in the town it's just such an amazing experience so if you said one round st andrew's probably it that'd be amazing just to take in the scenery you know which is also part of the enjoyment of going to different golf courses and just different scenes but that's amazing i think it's is, is it Sundays that the whole place is shut down? It's just a city park. It's people a park. are like hanging. Is it people like just looking out windows and hanging off the? No, but it's literally the, the course is closed down on Sundays and okay. it's a city park. Like people are out having oh, picnics oh, and what? Yeah. T- I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah the old not, course oh, that makes it. Yeah. The old course is a park yeah. on Sundays. We, 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 we right. walked wow. around it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And and by the way, yeah. if you want to play with your dog, 
Your dog can yeah. play around, can walk around on the golf course yeah. with you as you play around. I mean, yeah. it's, it is, it, there's so many cool things about it. It's great. All right. Before we wrap this up, we could go all day, but before we wrap this up, a couple of games, yet the, the ultimate side game guy over here, David May, D May, the challenger, a couple of games that maybe you like to play that not everybody's heard of. I, I know you, you told us about one of them for sure. Yeah. But, so, but just adding to the fun and the experience of playing golf. So I think if you're, I mean, if you really want to go out and gamble with your friends, I think that there's no game like Wolf to me in terms of, I mean, it is never over. You, you know, you, 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 until you finish off on the 18th green, it is never over. And if you, you can be as bold as you want to be in that game or as timid as you want in that game. And sometimes you can play great. And not win. And sometimes you can play not so well and win if you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. But I think I think the ultimate gambling game is Wolf. Um, Hammer. Hammer's great too. Yeah. I I grew up playing Hammer with my buddies. I remember on there, we used to, you know we used to caddy. Um, that actually the you know growing up at growing up at Wingfoot, one of the great things there was we all caddy too, and so we would caddy. And then we go play golf. And you, if you played, if you played hammer and doubled and redoubled, I mean, you could lose your caddy fee in a real hurry. Uh, and so, <laughs> as know, my buddy Wes yeah. always says, with hammer wolf, things can get off the rails real quick, really quick. But but I'll tell you, it's a great way to learn how to compete, right? Like, it, it, you know, you can play a Nassau, or you can play closeouts or whatever, and those those are fine, and you can have a fun you can have a fun game with your friends. But if you're if you're a kid and trying to learn how to compete and you just caddied for four and a half hours for somebody in your bag, you, your your left shoulder is killing you because they had a bad strap, and then you lose your money two hours later because you, you couldn't make the three footer on the last hole because somebody doubled somebody redoubled. Uh, it is a it is a awesome way to learn how to play to learn how to play golf. What's the other one you were telling us? Mulligan about? Recall. Yeah, I played Mulligan great. Recall, and you got to be good to play Mulligan Recall because it, it is uh, it is so frustrating because every time you hit a good shot, not every time, but if you, I, I played one time and my friend had a hole in one, and then uh, that my buddy, somebody, I, somebody else had the, the gall to recall the hole in one. So then he, <laughs> then he had to hit it again. He actually hit it a foot the second time. So, uh, but, but I mean, just the, the, oh, just the, it's a pretty good golfer. Yeah. That's a pretty good golfer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> not I, to be I followed, I followed <laughs> up a hole in one. Not to be named, but you've, you've, yeah. you've, you've heard you've, her. You've, all, you've all seen heard of him on TV. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you have. Yes, TV. you have. But, but anyway, yeah, they, they, the, that game is something else, but, um, but you can't really play that game. I, I, I wouldn't want to play that game all the time because you can't actually shoot a real score because every time you hit a good shot, you have to hit it again. Say, say it like you, you said it at lunch. What did you say? Awesome. Oh, awesome. Oh, awesome. Let me see that again. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And I'm, I'm actually playing in one of those actually J Dub and I are playing there in, uh, in uh, just coming up really quick where they, it's actually a, an event in Oklahoma. They call it Bedlam, the Bedlam challenge. And it's the Oklahoma group versus the Oklahoma state group they've divided up into like a Ryder cup and it's a cool format because they play the total points between the matches plus the points of the game determine the winner football game that's right but one of the unique things is they have the red flag challenge and it's the same way fortunately I think they only get to do it once I hope but same deal you hit a great shot you make a great putt whatever love it awesome here comes the flag. Let's see it again. 
Do so, it again. Yeah. I, I get. I will hope the Oklahoma State uh, golf, the Oklahoma State folks are good golfers because I, I think the uh, football score might uh, might swing it the other direction. Huh? Well, fortunately, um, Paul, I'm not the, not the avid fan of either one of them, but some really good friends of ours are. Um, I think I'm on the Oklahoma side, so maybe I'll be on the winning side. Yeah. I don't know how we are on the golf yeah. side, but I think that I at least feel good about the team. Yeah. Well, Mark Loomis, uh, most recently of, of the Golf Channel, a longtime respected producer. Uh, we have mutual friends. Uh, it's great to to get to spend some time with you in person, um, hear some of these stories, and uh, uh, have you come check out Unknown Golf, give us some insights. Um, we love talking to smart people and people in the golf world here at the Unknown Golf offices as we're just trying to make the game better. One Groove Low is here to talk about all the fun experiences you can have in golf. Uh, unknown golf is is there to help you score and do everything else um, that you need to do or want to do to to make your experience in the game better. Whether you're playing in a league event or a golf trip or just going out in a twosome or a foursome this weekend, uh, unknowngolf.com. Go there and learn more about it. Yeah, uh, you know it would have been great having you here. Um, we're we're thankful for you to come in and, and learn a little bit more about. Unknown golf and everything that Bo was talking about. We're excited about some of your thoughts and ideas, and um, and just enjoyed the stories. It was great to hear hear all the stories. Thanks for you taking the time to share with us, and we hope you'll come back. I will for sure, uh, maybe even less than ten years from now. And uh, yeah, and, and, and there will be a golf game, and I will have the strokes figured out um, on how I'm going to allocate those. Done. Hopefully, you have a fourth hole in one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've only had three. At yeah, point, yeah. At know. this point, Gosh. you've had three. Yeah. The, the joke is that that uh, <laughs> DMA somehow worked in like, um, it, you know, playing golf with people that you enjoy playing golf with is a big deal. Like, for example, my first two hole in ones, I mean, they were cool, but I wasn't playing with my buddies. My third one, now that was good. So that's just you know what. From now on, I'm going to see how often I can mention that you have three hole in ones. But Mark, Mark does too. Mark so, actually has three and a half. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, it depends who you ask. But I, I, I had one on the cradle. I, I'm, I'm told it doesn't count, but it did go in the hole. His son tells him like it doesn't count. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. what do you guys out there think? Does it count? What was it, 70 yards? Uh, yeah, was, yeah about, about 70 yards on the cradle, um, hole in one. Mark thinks it counts. His son thinks it doesn't. So I'm curious what well, people out there. Hit us up on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, on Instagram, One Groove Low on on social media, also OGL at unknowngolf.com. If That's you right. want to email us. That's right. We want to know. We want to know what you think. Well, if you're out there on a golf trip, like I will be this weekend, maybe we will talk about that. We'll see. I don't know. It's going to be a bunch of shenanigans. I think that I think the group is called like the Shenanigans Invitational. Yeah, we're so uh, we're totally talking about that in the coming episode. I don't know how much I'll remember. And by the way, most of it. By the way, that is being run on Unknown Golf, and yeah. I will be following. I know. Every time I score around in unknown golf, I'm like, oh man, I hope D May's not watching this double oh, bogey. Watching. I just got on a par five. Having spent the last few hours with him, he's watching. He's, he's like, watching. how is your average score seven and a half on par fives? <laughs> <laughs> That's another story for another time. Until next time, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends about One Groove Low and do your best to keep it in the fairway. And if you don't, lower your expectations. That's right. Thanks, everybody. Play well.